I'm privileged to be with you guys, but man, I need your prayers to get through this. The Lord is faithful, though, and so I know we'll be all right. But uh, this morning, I do want to start off by asking a question, and welcome back, Smiths, by the way. Good to see you guys. I didn't get a chance to say hi. So good to see you guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, just want to start off with a question this morning. If you look at your handout, the top right corner says overall rating. And that's for me on how I do today. So you guys get to rate me, submit this to Kenny, let him know how it, no, I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's actually, I want to ask you guys, uh, how would you rate your faithfulness? Really consider just overall, as a person following the Lord, how would you rate your faithfulness? And on a scale of one to 10, one being not faithful at all, 10 being the most faithful, how would you rate your faithfulness? And just jot that down on that overall rating area there in the top right corner of your handout. We'll come back to that later, but just want you to consider that. Give you just a couple seconds. Just kind of think about it. Be honest with yourself. Don't cheat on the persons next to you. All right, so, so I was thinking about this. We'll come back around to it, but uh, man, God is faithful. And, and that is ultimately why we're here today. Um, Today, I just wanted to, uh, to share with you what the Lord has given me throughout the past couple weeks of my life, uh, just kind of where I've been. But to start off this morning, in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 says, God is faithful by whom ye are called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God's faithful in every way to us, man, all the time. And he is extremely faithful to, to bring reminders when we need them. I need reminders every day of what his word says, what he's told me to do. And man, so today uh, we're going we're gonna to take a look at some reminders. But the thing is, man, is that God is faithful. But men, on the other hand, we struggle. I know I do. Um, so if I'm being honest, you know, that's, that's kind of what brought this whole message on, man. I just struggle in, like, thinking of all the areas of life that God has entrusted me with to be, you know, to be a 10 out of 10 and my faithfulness to it, right? And there's a lot of stuff, right? So uh, we look at Proverbs two, or 20, verse 6. It says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find so that's the problem. A faithful man who can find, there aren't a lot of them. And by the way, women, you're not exempt from this. This does apply to you as well. Um, when they say most men will proclaim, that word men in there just means like human, human beings, right? So most human beings will proclaim their own goodness, right? But a faithful man who can find. So in looking at this, you know, I've been considering what areas of my life that I need to work on my faithfulness. And the Lord had me in First Timothy lately. So that's um, kind of where we're going to be today. I know the notes are kind of all over the place. I gave you the verse references so that you can go back to them later, but I'm going to be reading through some of them. Just, uh, you know, try to keep up. Um, but, and my mind just kind of goes all over the place sometimes, so forgive me. But, uh, but man, when we're, when we're looking at this, this idea of being faithful, I, I was really kind of looking through the life of Timothy. I'm sure we're all you know, at least familiar with Timothy and, and who he is as Paul's, you know, disciple. But man, he was a faithful brother. And the Lord just showed me so much about Timothy that I just kind of ended up doing more of kind of a kind of a character study on Timothy and just in his faithfulness and looking through that. So I just want to share a few things with you as far as it pertains to that. 
You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Timothy was called to be an example to the believers, and that's exactly what he was. He was an example of what a believer in Jesus Christ should be living like and how they should be behaving. So today I'm just here to bring you some faithful reminders. And this is kind of a, a double meaning for the message, faithful reminders, because I'm reminding us to be faithful, but at the same time, I'm also trying to be faithful to remind you. Like, like we just need to be faithful in the things the Lord has given us. So it's nothing new here, nothing groundbreaking, but, but man, just reminders. And so we want to be faithful to do that today. So the goal for today is we're going to discuss Timothy's life just a little bit as it pertains to faithfulness, being a disciple, and just kind of what that looks like for him. We'll discuss the impact of just our individual faithfulness, uh, kind of take a look at Timothy's faithfulness and three major things that we've all been given, something that we all have in common. And then lastly, we're going to take a moment to reflect on our own faithfulness on these things as well. So today we're doing kind of a self-evaluation, if you will. You know, we started off just kind of rating our faithfulness, and it's good to do a self-evaluation. You know, Paul instructed Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, he says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. So taking heed unto yourself means to give attention to. You know, we want to evaluate. So it's good for all of us to regularly evaluate where we are in different areas of life. And even the faithful ones, even as faithful as Timothy was, he was instructed to take heed, to evaluate. So even the really faithful ones are not exempt from that. So our main passages today you have on your notes there. Um, it's, we're going to be in 1 Timothy 4 and Acts 16 as well. There are a bunch of other random verses and stuff, but those are kind of the, the, the main passages we'll be in today. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles or whatever, you can follow along. But uh, just to give a, a, a quick background, you know, the book of Acts, we know that it's the Acts of the Apostles, and it's a, a record of the things that the Apostles did after Christ left, how they were um, ministering and establishing the early churches. And so it is a transitional book as we go from the Gospels into the church epistles. So, you know, we got to be careful taking a lot of doctrine from there. Um, we can definitely apply things. There's definitely a lot of application, but we don't, you know, go there for a lot of church doctrine. But there was some good background information on Timothy. So uh, we see him first mentioned in Acts 16. So that's why we're going to be there today. And as far as the book of First Timothy goes, uh, we know that was a letter that was written to Timothy from Paul. And it was around 64 AD while Paul was in Macedonia. And Timothy waited in Ephesus while pastoring the church there. Um, so at the time, Timothy's a young leader, and Paul was writing to give him instruction. Instruction for a young leader in the church. And although this is a pastoral epistle, man, it really applies to the church at large as well. So the same instruction that Timothy was getting, we can apply to ourselves. I went there because I was asking the Lord for some instruction as well, and, and it's just such, a, such an awesome book. So... We're going to go there today and take a look at a few things, but, and it's, it's really cool that the way that, that he is instructed to live is just in a way that, you know, really honors God, his behavior that honors God. And in fact, Timothy's name translated, his name literally means honoring God, which I thought was cool. Like, it's a very fitting name for one, who he is and who he was, and also just the letters that were written to him. So... Uh, we have been discussing lately in Life Fellowship, we've been going over, you know, Christian behavior, and we've been looking at First Peter and gleaning a lot of, of good, you know, just insight into our walk with the Lord, our behavior, the things that we need to be focused on. And so Timothy is just another great example of this Christian behavior. He was a faithful and focused disciple. 
And so, you know, we need faithful disciples. Without them, faithful, or without the faithful disciples, um, you know, discipleship doesn't continue. And we look at our, our discipleship focus verse, the one that's on the wall in the, the main building up there, the, the 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. says, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men that will be able to teach others also. So we're looking for faithful men. And again, that word men, it does mean humankind. So male and female. Women, don't check out, please. We need you. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But man, we certainly know that, that Timothy hadn't given much um, as, as a pastor and, and a disciple. And walking with Paul, he was given so much responsibility and so much in the ministry. But we know from Scripture that whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. See that in Luke 12, 48. So, you know, considering this, I know that I've been given much. Here at Midtown, we have so much good doctrine that we are taught. And anybody that's been here for any amount of time knows that, man, we are so blessed. Um, our, our pastors here and teachers are faithful to bring good doctrine to us. We have discipleship. We have LFBI. We have Bible studies. We have ministry opportunities. We have so much that's been entrusted but I really got to consider, like, am I faithful to all of the things that God has given me? And if you're here today, and if you've been here for a while, like, you could ask yourself the same thing. Like, are you faithful with what the Lord has given you as well? Because if you're here, man, you're not missing out on the things that the Lord has for you. So I praise God for that. But today, I just want to consider that. I really want to consider, are we faithful to the things the Lord has given us? So getting into it, get a little background on, on Timothy and kind of where, where he shows up in Scripture and like kind of his early life. We know that it's very possible that Paul may have met young Timothy during his first missionary journey um, and possibly won him to the Lord. Well, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say exactly, but in 2 Timothy 1.5, it tells of Timothy's mother, Eunice, and his, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place there, his, his mother, Eunice, and grandmother, Lois, and the unfeigned faith that was in all of them. So it's recorded in Acts 14, when Paul and Barnabas were on their first missionary trip there, they went through Lystra, whereas uh, that's where Timothy and his family was, and he preached the gospel. So it's very possible they'd met. Um, and then when we see Timothy show up, it's a couple chapters later, some time has passed. But we do know that uh, the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 3.15 that Timothy knew the scriptures from a child. So this kid was, was already learning the word, and, and he was in it from the time that he was young. And then in Acts 16, we're going to go ahead and, and start just in Acts 16 and verse 1. If you guys want to turn there and follow along, that's cool. But this is where Timothy shows up, and he's uh, called Timotheus. And this, so Timothy, Timotheus, same dude. Um, but in Acts 16:1 it says, Then came he, that's Paul, to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess, and believed, and his father was a Greek. So Paul is here now on his second missionary journey. And so, you know, Timothy would be a little bit older. He probably would have already met him, and he's already, you know, a disciple, is what the, the verse tells us there, is that when he met him there again, he was a disciple. And I think that's really cool that that's how he finds Timothy when he comes back that Timothy was a disciple. He was a learner, which means he was, he was teachable. And that's so important. When Paul found him, he's like, this is my guy. He's teachable. He's a disciple already. What's like, come with me, right? And there was nothing holding him back at this point to start in ministry. 
He had been established in the word, and he was ready to go. So Acts 16, verse 2 says, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So we know that Timothy had a good report by the brothers and sisters that were around him and the people in the city. And, um, you know, he was, he was just a good dude. Acts 16, 3 says that him would Paul have go forth with him and took and circumcised him because the Jews which were in those quarters, for they all knew his father was a Greek. Now, this really stood out to me. I was like, hold on, man. Like, you just started following Paul. And he's like, all right, you need to get circumcised. All right, so keep in mind, Timothy's mother was Jewish, but his father was not. Okay, he wasn't fully Jewish, but he was half. And there wasn't really a law that said he needed to get circumcised. I guess he hadn't been yet. But he's a young man at this point, guys, like maybe around 18 years old or so. He's a young man. And, and as he starts discipleship with Paul, Lesson one in discipleship was like, get circumcised, right? That's a tough thing, man. That's a tough pill to swallow. And I imagine that if that's what we did here, only women would sign up for discipleship. So I'm just saying, man, like that, that's, that's a faithful dude. Now, what's really important is that we understand that Timothy was willing to do this. And it was for a good reason. You know, he understood that his discipler, Paul, had a heart for all people. And he said in Acts, I'm sorry, in 1 Corinthians 9, in 19 through 23, Paul talks about how he has made all things to all men. So to Jews, he's made a Jew. And to the, the, the Greeks, he's made a Greek. To anybody who he's around, you know, he wants to become part of their crew so that he can win some to Christ. And that's what he says. He says in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake. And that's so cool, man. Like, that was Paul's heart. And immediately Timothy was like, okay, well, hey, man, I want to become all things to all men. So if we're going to be around the Jewish people in this area, and if I'm going to be led into the synagogues and allowed to, to go with you and to teach and preach the gospel, I need to become all things. And so he did that. He was a faithful brother. Man, that's so cool that he already had that heart. He already was picking up on Paul's heart for people and his love and his care for everybody. So that was super cool to see just as, as he's entering into the ministry and the things that God has called him to. So, you know, we got to consider, like, are, are we that, that kind of faithful people? Are we willing to become all things to all people? I'm not saying, you know, go out and do what he did. But at the same time, man, like, just consider, this is, this is a faithful brother that we have as an example to us. So we continue in Acts 16, verse 4. It says, They went through the cities, and they delivered them decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders, which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So we see that he was faithful to go with Paul to these churches to deliver good doctrine and the ordinances so that they could be established in the faith and in good doctrine. So he was faithful to do that. Timothy was often mentioned accompanying Paul on his journeys and co-authoring letters to the churches. So he was very close with Paul. We know that this was kind of a, a father-son relationship. And man, that is like discipleship at its finest. You know, when you have that kind of relationship, it's so beautiful to see. So a key point here is that, you know, because of Timothy's faithfulness, that he was used to play a major role in establishing the early churches. We can see him uh, throughout Acts walking with Paul and doing that. And so we want to see, you know, when one person 
when one person decides to be faithful to the Lord, they have a massive impact on those around them. Just one guy decided to be faithful and follow after Paul, and the Lord used him in a big way. So, when we consider Timothy's faithfulness, it's really hard to look past the fact that, man, someone led him in that faith. And where did that faithfulness come from, man? Who led him to be a faithful dude? Like, when we see him enter into ministry, already he was, he was a disciple. He had been established in the, in, in the Word. So what was going on in the background? So I can't help but to talk about the faithful women that are in his life and just makes me think about the faithful women that are in my life. So again, I know we've been saying, you know, where are the faithful men? Women, this includes you too. But let's talk about the faithful women for a minute. 2 Timothy 1.5, um, Paul is talking about remembering the unfeigned faith that was in Timothy. And he says, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and am persuaded that in thee also. So there was a generational faith there. This was passed down genuine faith that his mother and grandmother had both. They invested in Timothy. They would have taught him to follow God and his word. And they really, I'm sure, played a major role in the fact that he was established in the word from a young child. And so for the parents out there and, you know, future parents, beings, if you're listening, man, like, how are we doing in establishing children in God's word from a young age. We see the impact that that has on a child, that, man, they could be used of the Lord from such a young age, but they need to be established in that. So this is just, just a reminder. I wanted to throw that out there, you know, and I think of other examples of faithful women just in my own life. My mother, I know, was very faithful to teach me how to pray when I was a kid. She prayed with me every night. She taught me the importance of prayer and to rely on God for everything. And I know, man, you know, she had seven kids, so that takes a lot of faith anyway, and, and a lot of patience and prayers and, and all of that too. But man, like she taught us at a young age to pray and to have faith in the Lord. My mother-in-law, man, extremely faithful woman. I've heard stories about how she showed her kids from a young age that, man, we just trust the Lord no matter what. Even when it was really difficult, even when they didn't have barely any money to eat, she was still faithful to tithe. And she trusted the Lord with everything, their finances and their home and everything. And the Lord absolutely provided, but she put him first. And that was so cool, man, to just hear stories about that and to see that lived out. Like I've witnessed that in the time that I've known her. My wife being a faithful woman, praise the Lord for that. She prayed for her future husband before she ever met me. She prayed for me. And man, I thank God for that. She prayed for a faithful man that would lead her in the Lord before she ever met me. And then when she met me, she was the first one to go to church and say, well, I'm going to follow the Lord. What are you going to do? And man, that was hard because I'm laying in bed on Sunday mornings like, I'm trying to recover, dude. Like, but, you know, she, she was faithful. And, and, I, and I started going. All it took was just one time, right, just coming and like hearing the word of God. And I was like, oh, okay, this is where I need to be too. And praise God for that. Praise God for that, man. Yeah, right? Well, hey, man. It, you know, my wife's discipler as well, Anita Smith, man, her mother in the Lord has absolutely been faithful. I wanted to ask you, Anita, how many years did you pray for Larry before he finally got saved? About five. That's a faithful woman, man. Anita started going to church and following the Lord, and she was saved, and she knew that her husband needed it. Five years of prayer and, and getting people at the church to pray as well, man. And thank God for Larry Smith 
thank God for the faithful disciple that was made from that, from the faithful prayers of Anita. And I'm blessed by that in so many ways, and I know we all are. And then it was really cool to see for our pastor, you know, Pastor Kenny Morgan, his father in the Lord, Pops, that we got to hear from a couple weeks ago, and how his wife, um, Rosie, I believe is her name, was praying for Kenny and being faithful to share, you know, just the love of Christ with him and, and encourage him to come and to church and all that. And man, had Kenny not gotten saved, man, we wouldn't even wouldn't be here today with Life Fellowship. We might be in a different fellowship or something, but man, praise the Lord. So we just see the impact that these faithful women have. And there's so many examples. I mean, I look around the room, I see a lot of faithful women. So praise the Lord for that. But, but hey, for whatever it's worth, I just wanted to put that out there. If, if, you're, uh, if you're a woman that's, that's maybe wondering, you know, does the Lord going to use me for whatever? Hey, man, the Lord uses faithful women mightily. And we see so many examples in the Bible as well. But, but brothers, hey, let's, let's make sure we're walking with the Lord as well. We've got to keep it stepped up. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, the Lord has called the faithful men to lead these faithful women. And, man, we need help with that. So, so please pray for us, sisters. Thank you. All right, moving along here. So we, we see that Timothy was well-established at a young age for the work that God had called him to do specifically. We've all been given different things in ministry, and um, you know whether, whether you're married or you have kids or whether you run a Bible study or if you're doing things here at the church, we just have different ministries, right? But there are three things that we do all have in common, and those three things that we've all been given by God to help us to live our Christian life would be the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. Those three things we all have in common. So those, that's something I just kind of want to bring it in so that we can all make sure we relate to it. Because maybe we're not church planters like Timothy, and maybe we can't relate exactly to all the things that he did. But with these three things, we can all relate. And, and the key point here is that God has called all of us to be faithful to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ. So let's take a minute. We're going to look at just kind of these three things as God has given all of us and see how Timothy was faithful in them and then consider our own faithfulness. You know, in 1 Timothy 4:12 uh, through 13, Paul says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. These are all good things. We're not going to be able to hit all the stuff on this list, but, but he was to, to give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. So that was absolutely being established in the Word of God. We know he was established from a young age, but Timothy was encouraged to continue in that. And the reason that Paul was instructing him to do this is because he knew that this is what Jesus' heart was. In Luke 4.4, 4, we see Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. In John 8, 31, Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. See, Paul knew this, he recognized this, and he was reminding Timothy to continue in his word. So he, was, he did that. He continued to study, he continued to teach, and he was, he was teachable, he was a true disciple, and what he learned, he passed on. He followed that model in 2 Timothy 2, too. He knew that that was his responsibility, and that's what God had entrusted him with. So, we see that he was sent to Corinth. Timothy went to Corinth to preach there in 1 Corinthians 4.17. It says, For this cause I have sent you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ, as I teach 
everywhere in every church. So, you know, we're required to be found faithful as being stewards of the mysteries of, God's, uh, mysteries of God as well. If you look back up in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1, it says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. In verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Then we also see another example of, of Timothy um, pastoring in Ephesus there in 1 Timothy 1, 3. It says, As I besought thee to abide at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables, I'm sorry, yeah, to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. So pastors are absolutely called to continue in the word. They have to. And, uh, you know, they're to minister in godly edifying which is in faith. And I know that we're not all called to be pastors, right? However, we are all called to continue in God's word in order to be true disciples. And we are also to preach the gospel to every creature, as Mark 16, 15 explains. So are we faithful to the word of God? You know, we see Timothy in this great example in his faithfulness to the word of God. But we've got to consider how, how faithful are we to the word of God? Moving along, we'll get into the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5.16, we see this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So if we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. And Timothy was definitely sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We see a really cool example of Timothy and his crew getting led by the Holy Spirit in ministry. If we go back to Acts chapter 16 and picking up in verse 6 uh, through 10, it says, Now then when they had gone through Phrygia, in the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, or Bithynia, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm sorry, I'm going to destroy these words, but they, they tried to go into that other place, but the Spirit suffered them not. He did not permit them to go to that area either. And as they, passing by Mysia, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And verse 10, after he had seen the vision, immediately we, the whole group of them, endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So we see the Holy Spirit was, was leading them, and they were sensitive to that. And he said, No, do not go to this area. Now, I know you were trying to go to this area. Don't do that. Don't go there now. I have something else for you. And eventually they were led to Macedonia where they needed to preach the gospel. And it's so cool to watch how the Holy Spirit led them through that. He prevented them from going certain places and led them to other places. I mean, hey, man, we're just, you know, talking about the Morgans and, and praying over this trip that they were going to go on. The Spirit led them, did not give them peace about getting on that train. And, and thank God for that, you know. So there's just times where we have to absolutely be sensitive to the leading of, of the Holy Spirit, whether that's in ministry or just our everyday life. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 tells us to quench not the Spirit. It's a very simple verse, but that's huge, man. We are not to quench the Spirit. We are not to ignore the Holy Spirit's guiding. See, had they ignored the Spirit in that time, they would not be where God wanted them to be. Had Timothy not been walking in the Spirit earlier on, as we talked about, for getting circumcised to, and start following Paul, man, I mean, literally dying to part of his flesh, I don't think that I would have done that, man. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think I'd be faithful enough, but man, that's, that's absolutely like a God thing. 
And in scriptures, we really don't see any examples of Timothy walking fleshly. Um, we don't see him showing the works of the flesh like Galatians 5, 19 through 21 lines out for us. We don't see him in adultery or fornication or murderers or drunkenness or any of that. We do see the fruit of the Spirit in his life, though. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, we can see love. We can see his long-suffering. We can see goodness and, and faithfulness and meekness in Timothy, and we see those characteristics. So that just tells me this guy walked in the Spirit a lot, right? So praise God for that. He was very sensitive to that, and it's imperative that we understand that we must allow the Spirit to lead us. We must allow the Spirit to lead us so that we go where God wants us to be and do the things God wants us to do. Without that leading, man, you don't want to be where God doesn't have you know, God doesn't have you to be or doing the things that God didn't have for you. I mean, that's, I want the Lord to be with me and I want to be where he wants me to be because that's the best place to be. Right. Amen? Yeah. So man, are we faithful to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Next, we're going to go to uh, take a look at the body of Christ. There were many examples that we've seen where Timothy went to minister to the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 4, we saw him preaching in Corinth. 1 Timothy 1, we saw him preaching at Ephesus. In Acts 19, 22, it says, So he, that's Paul, sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Aristus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. So Timothy went to Macedonia as well, and he preached there, and he ministered unto Paul. It specifically says there that, you know, these, this is one of the guys that ministered unto Paul. We know that. So he was all about taking care of not only his brother and his father in the Lord, but man, anywhere that he was sent, he was faithful to go. First Thessalonians 3, 2, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. So he went to Thessalonica as well. And we just see many examples of all these places that he went. And he went there to establish them, to comfort them, concerning their faith, to reiterate the things that Paul had already taught them. He was just a faithful guy to go and do all of that. And Timothy did travel a lot, not necessarily for vacation purposes, but man, for mission trips, right? And when Timothy took a trip, it was because he was either called or sent there by Paul, ultimately God, for the purpose of serving the body of Christ. So wherever he went, he said he was either called or he was sent there and it was for the purpose of serving the body of Christ. I mean, in considering this, I know this time of the year, it's summertime, we've had a lot of opportunities to go on vacations and got a lot of invites and different things going on, but we have to turn a lot of that down, man. It's really hard to be away from home. We were gone last weekend, uh, went to the Lake of the Ozarks, praise the Lord, for a little bit of time away. But, but man, we have to consider that, you know, when we take time away, when we take a vacation, you know, what are we doing in that time? Um, and talking about vacations and just thinking about, you know, vacations. I don't even think Timothy understood this concept of vacations. I don't think that was a thing back then. Like, he probably had some time to rest, but I don't think Timothy was like, hey, man, I'm going to take a trip to Hawaii. Um, like, that just wasn't a thing, right? So during this time of the year, you know, there's, there's kind, of a, a, a kind of a lull, if you will, um, just kind of a time where we see attendance drop in church and a lot of people are traveling and, and doing things. And praise God for that. We all need rest. The Morgans are resting right now. And, and man, we all need these times. I mean, Jesus himself took time to retreat and go to the mountain and pray and be with the Lord and then, and then come back to ministry, right? But in considering vacation, 
You know, although time away is good, we have to be careful. Because as we'll see here, you know, just a key point that I want to make and, and just really consider this is what God was working on my heart is that we must not take a vacation from being faithful or from the Lord and following his commandments. So while we're on vacation, we're still to be faithful to the same things that we were back home. So in terms of taking a vacation, I just want to talk about that a little bit because, man, we, we've had some vacation plans come up recently, and I really want to make sure that we stay focused while we're on vacation and that we stay faithful. So in terms of taking a vacation while we're away, you know, we don't take vacations from the Word. There's never a time in life that we take a vacation from that. You know, we don't take vacations from eating, right? Like, in fact, when I go on vacation, I go on vacation to eat. I usually, like, lose weight before I go so I can gain some there, right? But, man, you know, just like we saw earlier in Luke 4.4, 4, you know, we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Job understood this in Job 23.12. He said, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So we know, man, like, like we always eat well on vacation, and uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say this, but, man, we went to Puerto Rico years ago, and there was this sandwich place called Pinkies, and it was amazing. And we just had to go there one more time to make sure we got another sandwich before we left, and we missed our flight home. <laughs> it was the last flight out of Puerto Rico that day, too, so I had to call my boss and explain that I couldn't be at work because I had to eat a sandwich. So <laughs> that's embarrassing, man. But it happens, right? But I mean, like, so here's the thing. I was so focused on food there, though. But honestly, man, I don't really remember getting into God's word that much on that vacation. And shame on me for that. But hey, that is what it is, right? This is why the Lord's reminding me of these things. Hey, when you go on vacation, like, don't take a vacation from my word. Had I been more focused on, like, waking up that morning and, like, getting into the word and stuff, maybe being a little more sensitive to the Spirit's leading, I think God would have, like, got us to the airport and been like, go ahead and, you know, quit pleasing your belly God. But anyway, so we don't take a vacation from the Spirit either. And so, you know, Ephesians 6, 18, we are instructed to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we're to pray always in the Spirit. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in our prayer meeting, you know, when if we're to be praying always in the Spirit, well, that means we always have to be in the Spirit then, right? Allowing the Spirit to lead us in that prayer so that we can pray as we are supposed to. And in order to pray as we're supposed to, we have to let God help us with that. And, you know, uh, thinking about being in the Ozarks last weekend with Carla, you know, it's Fourth of July weekend time. It was the weekend before. But, man, there are a lot of people there partying, right? Like, it's party cove here, party cove there. And, man, you have to be careful. Like, I know the old man in me wants to kind of go hang out with some of those people sometimes. But the Spirit's like, nope, nope, remember, I pulled you from that lifestyle. Like, we're done with that. But you have to be sensitive to that leading, and, and the old man doesn't get what he wants. I don't need that in my life anymore. That would have only led down a wrong path that I just don't need to go down. So praise the Lord for his protection in that. But we also don't take vacations from faithfully praying for the saints. That would be the body of Christ. You know, we don't take vacations from that. Ephesians six eighteen again, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit for the saints. That's who we're supposed to be praying for always. And then, you know, one thing that was super cool last weekend is that we had like a two and a half hour drive about down to the Ozarks. And man, during that time, that's a lot of time to be in the car together. And we just got to pray. 
It was so cool, like, to just take times. Like, we're just sitting here together anyway. Let's pray. And, man, like, it's so funny. I know I do it, and my wife does it too, but, like, we'll pray sometimes for, like, a really long time, it feels like. And, like, we get done, we'll, like, look at each other, and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, don't apologize. It's all right. We got time to pray, man. Like, you don't have to be sorry to pray. Like, the Lord... You know, you don't have to apologize to him, like, sorry, Lord, I prayed a little bit too much today. You know, like, just keep it, or to pray always, right? Pray without ceasing. So that was, that was really sweet, man. But we just don't take a vacation from that. And, and another huge thing to me, and that, man, this is just what the Lord has, has reminded me of and made sure that I am, you know, faithful to, is that, man, vacation is great, but when we come home, man, return to the body of Christ. Don't continue that vacation. Like, we can get out of the habit of being here so easily. All it takes is, like, one weekend, and it's like, well, that was kind of nice. I have to get up early on Sunday. Like, let's just keep doing that. But come on, man. Hebrews 10.25 tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It's kind of a key verse there, but it goes on to say that exhorting, it says, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching, we're to exhort one another. That word exhort there is to call near, to comfort, to encourage strengthened by consolation. You can't do that if you're not here, right? Like we can't encourage one another. We can't comfort one another. We can't be here to, to pray for each other. And, and man, sometimes all it takes is just one person in the body of Christ coming up and giving you a hug, telling you, you know, they love you and maybe, hey, how can I pray for you or whatever it is, man, like that is exactly what you needed to keep going. Praise the Lord for that. But we're missing out if we're not here and, and man, I'm not, I'm not preaching anybody specifically here. This is just what the Lord was giving me. But, you know, side note on vacations as well, since we're on the topic, like another thing, and I personally know people that do this, but when they go on vacation, like they don't tithe. They use all their money for vacation. And it's just like, well, we, don't, we couldn't afford to tithe because I needed extra money for vacation. Well, man, um, if you didn't have the money to tithe and then go on vacation, then maybe you just didn't have the money for vacation because that's probably not what the Lord had for you at that time. And may I submit to you that if you were just faithful to the Lord first, man, he's faithful to you. It's all good, man. He'll take care of you. You'll get a break. Maybe you don't need the most expensive vacation. Maybe it was just supposed to be a cheaper one this time around. Or whatever it is, you can still get a break. But, man, we can't forget to tithe while we're gone. Like, we're robbing the Lord if we're doing that. We can't forget that we got money to travel in the first place. Praise the Lord, it's all his anyway, right? And I don't know, man, we just, we just have to be careful. I, I know that if we are going places that the Lord didn't have for us, then, uh, well, that's not the place to be. And, and lastly, something, this is, uh, speaking from personal experience here, please do not go on vacation on credit. Oh my goodness. Uh, bad times, man. So you think it's all going to be good, like our best life now. Let's go ahead and just spend all this money that we don't actually have right now. And when we get back, we'll figure it out. Well, unfortunately, that takes a while to, to figure out when we got back. So don't spend the money that God didn't give you to go on a vacation that he didn't have for you at that time anyway, right? I'm just, just putting that out there. I don't know if anybody listening online needs that. But man, that's just... That's what the Lord reminded me of. So again, just looking at this, are we faithful to the body of Christ? Are we faithful to be praying for each other and allowing the Spirit to lead us to pray and to, and to comfort one another and, man, and just being here to encourage one another? And a key point here, the last one, is that, you know, are we, we are to be an example of the believers. Just like Timothy was, just like we've seen in his example of how faithful he was, we're to be that example. Again, 1 Timothy 4.12 
It says, be thou an example of the believers. He's telling him, and all of these things, gives a whole list. We didn't get to that whole list. But even just in those three things, in the Word, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit, and in the body of Christ, we're to be faithful in that. So, you know, we started this morning off with just rating our faithfulness overall. And after considering the example of Timothy's faithfulness in these areas and, and what the Word of God has shown us about His Word and the Spirit, the body of Christ, I'd like to ask you to rate your faithfulness in each one of these areas off to the right of each point on there, Word of God, Holy Spirit, and, and body of Christ on your handout. You have another rating area. Again, you know, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not faithful at all, 10 being the most faithful. Where are you, honestly, in each one of these areas? And and man, I'd like you to really just take a minute to consider that. And what I want to do is just pick an area that needs the most focus, an area that you see that has like the lowest number. And we really want to kind of hone in on that this morning. And as a final reminder before I'm done here is that, man, God is faithful. We started off this morning talking about God's faithfulness. Do you know that he will use each one of these areas in your life to increase your faithfulness through his word? through his spirit, through the body of Christ, he will help you if you will allow his leading, if you will allow him to work in your heart, he will help you to increase your faithfulness. So if you're struggling in any of these areas, allow God to help you. But what I'd like to do is after we rate each area and just, you know, an honest assessment of yourself, if you're putting down all tens this morning, man, come on. Like, don't, look, that's between you and God. But anyway, the, the last thing we're going to do here is just we're going to take some, uh, take some time to consider some action steps to increase our faithfulness in these things. So we have, we have a little bit of time left here. What I'd like to do is uh, break up into some smaller groups, maybe like groups of two, three, four people. And, you know, if you're just here with somebody you want to do that, that's fine. But if you want to group up with somebody else, and what we'd like to do is just take some time to really consider if there's an area that you need to, to work on in your life, what are some action steps that you can take and discuss with the group, discuss with the person next to you, what are some action steps that you can actually take to put this into practice and to, to move forward with the Lord and being more faithful? Can we pray for each other? Can we talk about these things? And we'll come back shortly. And, and I'd like to hear from you guys on like different ideas that you might have. Maybe it's something like just making a, a better schedule for praying or something or Maybe you need to get off work on, on Sundays or something like that. But whatever it is, what's that next step that you can take to be more faithful? I'm going to give you guys a few minutes, and then, uh, then I'll come back up and, and close us out.